if they have different values than you, then they will use different skills to accomplish the goal. And they might be skills and they might be tactics that you might not like and you might not jive with. How do you create an unshakable business? I crossed $100 million in net worth by the age of 28. Now I'm growing acquisition.com into a billion dollar portfolio. In this podcast, I share the lessons I've learned in scaling big businesses and helping our portfolio companies do the same. Buckle up and let's build. When I first started my personal training business, like, honestly, there was no, like, I had like an end goal, which was like, I want to have a business in fitness. I didn't know what that was going to look like. And this was like the easiest step to get there. Like I already knew how it worked. I had been a personal training client of like multiple different people I'd worked and I'd been on like multiple different like teams and stuff. So, um, when I was competing and so for me, it was like, I knew how it worked. I could do it. I had the qualifications. So it was like the most logical next step in terms of like maximizing my skill set at that point in time. So that's why I did it. Obviously, you can make money doing it. Is it the best skill or the best vehicle for making money? Like, no, it's like low leverage because like I was giving people meal plans and giving people workouts. Like there was not all the apps and everything there were today. So it was like literally writing it every week and doing the check-ins and like having them send videos back and forth. There was no app or anything to facilitate any of that. It was just all done over email. But I don't think that like most of the time, like I was just thinking like, how can my skill set help people the most? And that was like the thing that I was absolute best at at that point in time. I was also really passionate about it because I had lost a ton of weight and I've been able to go through the whole transformation. I didn't have, at that point in time, like I'd seen so many people in the fitness industry at that point that like had a lot of head junk. Like they would like go compete, but then they were just like psycho and like would binge after and like have all these issues. And I didn't have any of that. And I was able to do it in a really healthy way. So I felt like I could help other people do that too. And that's really why I did it. Like I honestly was really bad at thinking about money. Um, I have had to learn how to think about money, learn how to think about monetization after learning, I would say like the fundamentals of like how to provide value to people. So it's like, I always thought about providing value. Money was an afterthought. I think I've been able to match the two. So it's like, I think about both of those things. However, like if I default to one or the other, I always default to providing value just because like I naturally am the kind of person like likes to help people. Do most people have what it takes to start a business at zero and get it to a million dollars in revenue? I think that most people, like if they lack something, it's not, I think everybody lacks like the tactical skills when they're starting because they've never done it before. So it's like, of course you lack the tactical skills. But I actually think what sets people up for failure is when they lack the emotional or behavioral skills. I think that is why most people, like if they fail in zero to one million, I think it's because of those lack of skills. Like, you know, I I call it like an emotional skill, but I think like, dealing with stress, managing yourself, managing your state, managing your actions and reactions to how you're feeling. Like that is what stops most people in zero to 1 million, not any of the tactical skills. Like everybody's at like level zero when they get like, when they're obviously you're at zero, like you don't have a business. Like everyone's matched on the playing field in terms of like they lack the skills. I think the difference is that the people who I see succeed quickly are the ones who already have like the emotional discipline. And the people that tend to fail lack the emotional discipline. So when an emotion arises, when you're trying to build a business, it's like their reaction to it is actually unproductive and sets them back versus the people that have the emotional skills, their reaction to the event or to the emotion is productive and it, produ- and it propels them forward. I think the reason that like a lot of people succeed in business who have done something hard in the past 
So a lot of people who don't succeed in business, I think it's because they have never had any situation that they've been in. They've never been in a circumstance where they've had to learn those skills of like emotional discipline. Maybe they've never, you know, let's look at the areas where people do gain those skills, right? One would be like physical fitness. I think the reason a lot of people that are physically fit are able to be successful in business, I'm not saying a lot, I'm just like making a, a claim that I have just noticed, is because they can take those skills of discipline and apply them to business. I think another one would be like, maintaining a high paying job. You have a lot of demands on you, you have a lot of responsibilities, and then those kinds of people tend to be pretty successful when they start something of their own um, because they've already learned to be disciplined, they're not able to be reactive in that job, they have to be like courteous to other people. Um, so I think that those are definitely two places where people gain those. Um, and if people have lacked life experience, they've never had a job, they've never done anything hard, they've never really had to like have responsibility, I think it's really hard to then start a business and be successful from day one. The one thing that you're accomplishing in the zero to one million phase is learning to consistently sell something over and over again to the same audience. And the reason that most people fail here is two things. One, they have no idea what the fuck they're doing because they've never done it before, right? Like, of course, you know, you don't know what you're doing. Um, but the second reason is because they don't know how to consistently sell something to the same person through the same channel and they tend to diversify too quickly. And so what you see is this like really weird discombobulated, like they have complete attention spread thin because they're like, oh, now that I get you know $50,000 a month through TikTok, I need to go on Instagram, and then I need to go on LinkedIn, I need to go over here. It's like, because that's what all the big companies do. It's like, okay, well, let's get context. Uh, Gym Launch, for example, had one channel, one avatar, one way of acquiring customers and selling them, and one kind of customer until we hit $30 million. 30 million in annual revenue. We stayed on the same shit. So it's like, you know, I even had someone recently say, well, you know, I started doing, I want to start doing outbound because Jim Wall started doing outbound. I was like, dude, you're at like $500,000 a year. You don't need to do outbound. You need to do more of what you're doing. You know, like you haven't saturated paid ads for chiropractors. Like, let's keep doing more of this. And so that's what people tend to, to lack is the consistency. And I think it's because there's always going to be distractions in the beginning that are like, pointing you towards like, well, you could do this better. And this, you know, this new channel now has this new thing and you could definitely ride this platform or you could do that. The point is not, could anything be done better? Could it make your business, you know, could it grow your business? Could it add, not could it grow your business? Could it add a revenue right now? The answer is like, yes, if you did those things, it could add revenue. But then what revenue will you lose by having split attention off across those multiple things? Because there's only one of you and a very, very small team, if any at all. The hierarchy of competence is really just essentially like the behaviors broken down that lead to somebody becoming competent in a skill. So it's essentially learning. Um, and I think that the reason that I broke it down and I kind of related it to going from zero to one million is because it is a learning process. You start by learning, you know nothing, and then by the end you have learned a skill, which is how to you know build a minimum viable business in my opinion. And so I relate it to learning because I think all the disciplines that apply to learning something apply to building a business because in order to build a business for the first time, you must learn. I think for most people and for myself, like being a entrepreneur, like what that looks like is, and it's unconscious incompetence, is being unaware that you even are half the time. I mean, some people have the awareness, which is like the next step, but I think a lot of the times you're unaware that you're in this overthinking, overanalyzing phase. And it's normal because our brain is fearful of the unknown. And so it's like the thought of starting a business is so scary. It's like got to be this huge, hard, awful thing. And that's what our brain makes it out to be. And the longer we prolong 
not starting the business, the bigger this like monster, I like to say, behind the closed door becomes because our brain is taught that if we avoid something, it is big and scary. And so the longer you avoid it, the bigger and scarier it gets. And so in my opinion, like a entrepreneur is staying in fear. Like that's what you're essentially doing is you're letting fear guide your decisions. You're letting fear dictate your thoughts and your feelings because typically people that are like a entrepreneur, it's like they go to all these conferences, they read all these books and they like take all these podcasts and it's like they never do anything, right? And they feel like they're constantly learning so they get this like dopamine hit, but then they do nothing with it. It's like it goes nowhere. Nothing is produced. They don't take action on anything because they're just mentally masturbating, thinking about all the different things and then thinking like, oh, I'm too scared to do anything because like I actually miss, I'm missing a fundamental skill set, which is like linking knowledge to action. And like, have you learned anything if you haven't applied the knowledge? I would say no. And so a lot of people say, I'm just learning right now, but learning without a change in behavior. And so it's like, there's no evidence you've learned anything until you put it into action. When you get to the second phase, which is like a starter, which is conscious incompetence, that's really when you're able to take the first step. So you're not like being dictated by fear anymore, right? And you're able to actually apply knowledge that you've learned, um, but you still have no idea what you're doing. Um, I would say it's conscious incompetence, which is you're now aware of your deficits. You're aware of, it's almost like um, you've opened the door, you now see what's there. You're like, okay, I'm not scared shitless anymore, but you are aware of the fact that you have no idea what you're doing. And that is when most of the time people start looking for help. They start looking for guidance because they realize like, okay, I've now taken the step. I'm now in it. I'm committed. But like, I have no clue what I need to do next. And that's typically where people are at in that stage. Like they've gotten started. They haven't produced results yet. So it's like, you know, you've built the LLC. You've maybe got like a few people from like your network that are your customers, but like you haven't figured out how to market, you haven't figured out how to sell, and you're not consistent with anything. You're just like, kind of like, I feel like it's almost like your eyes are closed and you're feeling around in the dark. Like, that's what it feels like at that stage. The next phase, which is the producer phase, which is conscious competence, um, is really knowing it's when you've been able to produce results. Now, they're not consistent, reliable results, but you're able to produce some results. So you've gotten enough clarity that you've taken action and moved forward. You started selling something to somebody on some channel, right? But it's like this. It's just like a complete up and down. It's like one day you're like, the business is amazing. And the next day you're like, this business fucking blows. And I hate this. I'm going to blow my brains out. Like it's literally just a rocket. It's, It's literally just like a roller coaster of feeling all these different emotions because inevitably when you're learning a new skill, you are not doing it consistently at first, right? A lot of the times it's like you have setbacks. And I think that the reason I talk about emotional discipline is because a lot of times people get stuck here when they're in that like valley, I would say, like valley of despair or valley of shit. And then they feel like because they're there, they should go do something else. They should stop. They should pursue something else. When the reality is like that's when you want to double down because eventually once you get through this, it just kind of goes like this, like huge. And then it gets smaller and smaller and then you finally grow. And so a lot of people just never see that out. Uh, through this phase. I know when I was in this phase, it was like, what it was like in terms of like tactically was like, I was making sales, um, but it wasn't consistent week over week. And lead flow wasn't consistent week over week. And delivery and retention wasn't consistent. So it's like, I had no trends, no reliable data. And I wasn't sure if I was like awesome or completely sucked. It was like every other day, it was like a switch in terms of what I thought of myself. And then when you get to master, which is unconscious competence, it basically means that you are, you have mastered the thing. You are an expert, meaning like you do not need to think about what you're doing and you will do it well. 
right? So this is like somebody who's a weightlifter and say they've been in the gym for years and they go to deadlift and without thinking about what their form needs to look like and how they grab the bar and how they set into the deadlift, they just do it. The same goes for business. So once you get to that level where you are a master, that's what you do is the way that you take, the way that you, you know, the way that you get leads, the way that you build your marketing messaging, the way you write copy, the way you sell, the way that you talk to customers, the way you handle these situations, you're doing it without even thinking about it. Therefore, it takes less effort. And in the beginning, the things that you're, you're now doing, they took a ton of effort because you have to think about every little move you're making because you've never done it before. Right? Think about the first time you skied. It's like you're thinking of every little which way that you're doing. It's like pizza, french fry, right? Like you're literally thinking and saying it out loud versus like a year into skiing. It's like you don't even think about a pizza or a french fry. You're just like going on the slopes and you're in flow. And that's what it feels like to be a master. It's like you're finally in flow. You have something that's working. You feel good about it. And it doesn't take nearly as much effort as it took in the beginning. If you're not self-aware and you're like, I don't know what level I'm at in this hierarchy, ask people around you. You know how you gain self-awareness? Ask others around you whom you trust for their opinion what they think. Where do you think I'm at in this hierarchy? Ask your employees. Ask some of your best clients. Ask your friends. Ask your family. I would ask other people because when we're not aware of something that we're doing, the best thing that we can do is ask for outside opinion. I think that in the entrepreneur phase, like I'll just say this, like, and a lot of people probably don't agree, but I think that you should actually just cut off consumption. Because the thing is, is that you are so far in this direction, you have no bias to action, that we need to, like, inertia goes in whatever way you want to go. You have all this inertia and all this momentum in the way of consuming and not doing anything. You need to move it in the opposite direction to get to where you want to go. And so my suggestion would be cut it. I mean, I stopped for a while in the very beginning listening to my podcast, reading books, doing all that stuff. I just went full on into action mode. And it's almost like, until you can retrain yourself to be able to balance the two, right now you're so heavily weighted in terms of overthinking and overconsuming that like even just a little bit of it, it's like I see people just like continue to indulge more and it's like they start to go in that direction. So it's almost like cut yourself off from it. Like you have enough information, go take action. And until you can learn to use the two, I think that you have to kind of cut it off and go all in on one. And I would even say like it's in seasons, right? Which is like, you're in a season right now where action is what you need to do. Like you've been over consuming for years. Like it's not going to help you. You don't, you're like, well, I don't know what to do at this point. It's like, geez, use common sense. I don't know. Like there are so many things that if you just let yourself sit for five minutes in silence that you can actually think through and come to your own organic answer because you are much smarter than you think. You don't need to rely on podcasts and books to tell you what to do. Most of the time business is common sense, but people don't take the time to think. And so I would say cut yourself off, become, you know, develop a bias to action, and then you can revisit it when you're actually at a stage where you're like, I have a specific skill that I need to learn, and I know what that skill is, and then I will go acquire the knowledge, and then I will go put it into action. I don't see the point in consuming things just to consume them, because it's like, then I can say that I'm like, you know, I, I read books all the time, and I listen to podcasts all the time. It's like, well, that doesn't make you better than anybody. If you're not taking action on the thing, the definition of learning is being able to apply that action. So you're not actually learning anything if you're just over-consuming all the time and doing nothing with it. And I can guarantee you that you've probably forgotten half the things you've read anyways because you never took action on them. I think that most people stay stuck in the starter phase because they are uncomfortable with ambiguity. You know, the inevitability of being in business in the beginning is that you don't know what you're doing and there's nobody that can like tell you what to do. And oftentimes if it's your first business and you're listening to this right now, this is your first business, you don't know what you're doing. It's like, 
you don't know what you're doing. There's nobody that can tell you what you're doing. And so a lot of people just feel so uncomfortable at that stage that they just decide to revert back, give up, do something different, right? And a lot of times what happens too is like, we're in that stage and then our brains trick us into thinking it's gotta be just this opportunity. It has to be this vehicle. Whereas you go to the next vehicle, it's like you finally get over the bridge, you get into the starter stage and it's like, that one feels the same. There's just a ton of ambiguity because it's unknown. And so the reason that most people give up at the stage is just, it's just the fear of the unknown. It's like, you're just very uncomfortable. And a lot of people can't push through that discomfort to get to the side where you actually know what to do and you actually have a little bit of traction. I think the first step to becoming comfortable with ambiguity is acknowledging that's not a bad thing and stop labeling like, I feel scared, I feel this, I feel that, like as like, oh, I shouldn't feel that way. It must mean I'm a bad entrepreneur. Like it all is the meaning that we ascribe to it. Like, okay, if this is your first business, you've never done this before and you don't know what's going on, of course you're scared and uncomfortable. Like that is normal. I think a lot of times what we do is we make it mean something bad about us, which then propels us to want to quit. But like, it doesn't mean anything. It means that you're human, it's normal. And I think that if we could just accept that that is part of the journey, like feeling that way is the cost of the success you're gonna have in the future. And so you have to bear that right now to get that to produce the result you want in the future. I think that in the starter phase is probably the best time to explore finding a mentor. I'm hesitant to say like, find a mentor and you must have a mentor. I don't believe that to be true. I think that you have to find a source of information that can help guide you, then that would be extremely helpful. Um, so my opinion would be try to find somebody who has industry or niche knowledge, not like a general mentor. I think a lot of people on the stage, the mistake they make is they think like, I want to get this like billion dollar businessman to tell me what, like me helping you in your, say you're in real estate and you're just starting off wholesaling and you're at, you know, $10,000 a month. Am I going to be better than a guy who probably has only made wholesale real estate but he has all the tactics. It's like, no, go work with him. Don't ask me what to do at this stage. Like I have no tactical knowledge and you don't need strategic guidance at this point. You need tactical knowledge. And so it makes more sense to find a mentor who, even if they're not at like the absolute level that you'd like to get to, they have the tactics that you need at the level you're at right now. I think that when you're taking on a mentor, you have to identify what your values are. You know, cause I hate that question when people are like, what do I look for in a mentor? And I'm like, well, obviously they have to be competent at the thing. Like, successful in the area that you're looking for. But I think more often than that, like when I think through like what I actually look for in a mentor, there are tons of people that I've gotten offered introductions to that are, you know, billionaires that are built these huge things, but, but they don't live by the values that I find most important. And what I realize is that the most successful mentor-mentee relationships that I have ever had have been where that person has the same values as me. They, we are aligned in terms of our values and they have a skill set as well. So it's like, for me, I would look for somebody who has not just the skills that I need at the time, but they have the values. Because what I'll tell you is that if they have different values than you, then they will use different skills to accomplish the goal. And they might be skills and they might be tactics that you might not like and you might not jive with. And so it makes more sense to make sure that you're aligned on both fronts than it is to look for just the skills and that alone. Most people get stuck at the producer phase, uh, which is when you're inconsistent. It's literally just because they lack consistency. They lack the discipline of doing the same things day in, day out to produce a consistent result. How do we get consistent results in an organization? We do actions consistently. And so it's like a lot of times it's like, I do sales training, but I only do it when I'm not feeling it. I, you know, make sure that I have new creative and I have new ads going out, but only when the ads are getting to the point where like they're starting to fatigue and I'm not getting as good of results. And so that's why it goes up and down. It's not like 
it's some volatile unknown thing. It's that you are volatile. <laughs> and therefore, everything in the business is as well because you're not consistent in terms of your discipline to adhere to an action that will produce a winning result. And so the moment that you get consistent and you become predictable, so will the business. Obviously, when you start a business, it is just you. And so you have control over everything in the business. And the reason there's also a lot of inconsistency in the producer phase is often like your attention is getting spread thin. So even if you can produce consistent results, you're so distracted by the other things in the business that you haven't yet outsourced, but you feel the need to control, that you cannot produce their consistent results. And so the first thing that people need to be able to do is they need to be able to outsource the things that they're, they hate and they suck at, right? It's like, what are you worst at in the business? What do you hate doing? What is the highest leverage opportunity in terms of like your dollars to get their time that you can find and go outsource that? That's the first thing. The second one is inability to manage time effectively. What you notice is that inability to manage time is just inability to manage ourselves, which is, you know, a lot of the times people get into business because they want to have freedom. And the irony of that is that freedom comes from discipline and being able to put things in place so that you can make sure that you're able to cover all of your responsibilities in a timely manner. And so a lot of people still remain in this like reactive, when they want to say like creative state but because of that, the business suffers from results because you're not able to be consistent. You're constantly in a state of being reactive and therefore the business doesn't produce the results that you want. So in order to manage your time, you actually have to manage yourself, which comes from discipline. And I think what goes with also managing your time is understanding what you now need to say no to. Like something I talk about a lot is like, understand the season you're in. Are you in a season of yes? Are you in a season of no? What are you saying yes and saying no to? I think it's kind of like looking back taking a step back and looking at your whole life and thinking, what are the things that I'm still doing that no longer serve me based on my goals and where I want to go and where I'm at right now? You know, for me, for example, it's like when I'm in a season where I'm like hiring multiple executives and I'm bringing on multiple companies, like, am I going to say yes every time a friend asks me to do something on the weekend or like go out that weekend at night? It's like, no, because I probably got to work that weekend and maybe I've got to film the next day. And so it's like, you know, going out and like seeing friends, like as much as I like it, it's like, this season right now, I probably have to say no more than yes. Does that mean that next season I can't do that? No. I might have people in place. I might have these companies on board and it might be like everything's smooth. So I have more time Then yes, I'll start saying yes to those things again. But I think you have to be able to take a step back and like elevate yourself from the situation you're in and say, does it still make sense to do all of these things? Because inevitably, like if you're starting a new business, there are things that you're going to have to stop doing. The stage of master is really mastering the size business you currently have. It's not that you have mastered business itself. Like when I've broken down this hierarchy, master is you're able to produce consistent results and like honestly build like an MVP type business. Like you have product market fit, you're able to get the thing off the ground, like you have succeeded in zero to one. And so you have mastered zero to one. Now what it takes to go from one to 10 and 10 to 30 and 30 to 50 and 50 to 100 are completely different skill sets. Now. What I do think is that learning how to learn and learning how to get through the phase of zero to one is the absolute hardest because you have the most to lose, right? And, and what I mean by that is it's the scariest time because you take a jump into starting a business and then there's high stakes. And I think that going forward, it's like you have a little bit of breathing room, which makes the stakes maybe not as high. However, I could argue they also get higher when you have more people that you're taking care of. But I think that learning how to acquire the skills, learning how to build the discipline, learning how to acquire the awareness are all going to serve you in the next phases of business. I think most of the times the reason that people keep their businesses small is 
if I had to like stem down to one thing, it's just shiny object syndrome. It's just that they get to like a couple million dollar per year business, million or two million, and they're like, amazing, but I think I've tapped out my market and I think there's a better thing over here. And like now you, it's almost like nothing fails like success. Now that you've proven success, you think you start to get overly confident and think that you should be going and starting new things. And you start to think that that's what you need to be doing at that point in time, whereas you actually just need to find more ways to do the current thing better and need to get more people in place and build out real departments with real functions. And a lot of times people don't do that. They just start a new product, they start a new business, and then they have like multiple million dollar things underneath of them rather than like one very focused, takes less of your attention actually, like 20 million or $30 million thing. And to serve you guys better, what we wanted to do is kind of break down like a tactical download where you can identify where you are right now and the two things that you can do to get better and get past the level you're at to level up. They've mastered the zero to one million phase, I think, but then it becomes a new, like, a lot of them just don't have the, dis like, it's almost like that's like the discipline of like the business and the product, a lot of the focuses. It's like they lack a lot of the discipline of like the people stuff. Like that's like almost all their problems. It's just like fucking conversations. Once you get to the master phase, or like maybe you're there right now and you're like, well, what are the things that are to come for the next? Like I view it as like the first focus you had from zero to one million was your product. And I would say like productizing your business versus the next phase is, you know, locking in people. Um, that is where a lot of people get stuck in the next phase. You cannot get past a certain amount of revenue without learning how to manage people, learning how to lead people and having a good culture. Um, I mean, you could, but it would suck. So, <laughs> and be painful and you'd have high churn and it would be awful. And I've seen it and it, it does suck. Um, so in order to get past this phase into the next one, like the next theme in my opinion is like team. And that's where most people have to transition is like, it was all about you and your product and now it has to transition to be all about like you and your team.